It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What is up, Double A here, Air Jair, and B Diddy here on another episode. It's episode three of the Tailgate Show, breaking down the Bears' free agent frenzy, and we've got special guest Lauren Cox. What's up, guys? We ready to get this thing cracking? What's up, man? This free agent frenzy has been crazy. I don't think I've ever refreshed my Twitter app so much, man. I'm really hoping for some Le'Veon Bell news, but dude, it's been crazy. Twitter has been on fire the last couple days, man. On fire, man. I mean, wild. Like, right. glued to it. Like, like must-see TV, just flipping back and forth between the two accounts and trying to trying no to doubt. keep it going. I mean, it's it's been crazy. Productivity has been at an all-time low, in in other areas. We are sure. officially on Bell Watch. Yeah, how about that? I mean, who would have thought that our names even came up? I. You know, another name that came into the fold was the Colts, which I thought they were being ridiculously quiet for as much money as they've had, they have in the cap. But our name's been pretty consistently in the news with this. so It has, but we're also, like, I love the idea of Bell on our team, but we're also one of the biggest markets in the league. So, like, you just wonder how much is smoke. Like, you know, the agents want to use Chicago because – it is a big market, and other teams are. It may make other teams jump quicker, you know. Yeah, but we created that. I mean, that everything changed when we woke up and found out that they restructured the MAC deal. I mean, people were talking about that. People were kicking it around. People were saying, "Well, they, you know, they could always restructure the MAC contract. They could restructure this." You know, they started out by uh, moving some money around, getting a couple of million out of the Goldman deal. And then next thing you know, it's like $11 million gets cleared up. And so you're thinking, okay, Ryan Pace is ready to jump in the deep end of the pool and and really, you know, make a splash. And, I mean, that really changed everything. I mean, you know, before Le'Veon Bell was kind of just like a, you know, like a thing that you throw out there, like, what if, like, you know, what if we could get that guy, you know, because that's, you know, as as we've seen and talked about over this uh, you know, off season that, you know, the running back position needs to be addressed. And I mean, that guy checks a lot of boxes. 
Go ahead, Diddy. It, it, it definitely does, man. And it, like you said, not only this offseason, but before the season last year, signing Mac changed everything. Mac restructuring changes everything. Not even to speak about the imp- I mean, the impact he's had on this team and how much better we become for him being on this team, that kind, that dog, that kind of just contagious attitude team leader. And now the guy is is humble enough to to make that adjustment to his contract. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how. Not not just him either. You know, well, there's know, a lot of guys like, that are very selfless in this. Right, and that I, speaks. I don't know how that's viewed by the union to, to do something well, like that. I mean, it helps. It, it honestly, they get their money sooner. So yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not a it, it doesn't hurt them in any way to do it. Um, they get they actually get they, they the Bears have to make more money liquid and and hand it right to him, you know, because they're they're converting salary into bonus, and so you know, and then that gets spread out over the remainder of the deal. Um, but you see you know, what happens like today and, and, and yesterday when the, when the Steelers, I guess it was yesterday, I can't even keep track when they traded Antonio Brown, all that bonus money goes, turns into dead cap. So, you know, the same thing would happen, not that we'd ever, you know, be in the situation to trade Mac, but today, uh, you know, the other big news that broke late this afternoon about Odell Beckham, same thing, the giants are, are on the hook for, over $20 million because of this huge signing bonus. So, you know, it's really a risk. It's really a risk on the bears part, but the thing about signing Khalil Mack and it's everything you just said, Diddy, but the other thing about it is everything got real. I mean, you you don't sign a guy like that and do it because you're not thinking that you're in a window you need to, you know, you need to remember that this is, they're trying to compete now. This is a win now. This is a, this is, you know, a let's get this done now move that they made with Mac. And then it continues, which is great. Um, you know, I think it's exciting for us to, to be a team that's, that's just talked about. I mean, in, in these moments, I mean, there were so many off seasons where it's just like, they're not going to do anything or they're going to have, you know, the, the free agent class like they had in 2017, where it was just like bargain basement, bottom of the barrel, you know, um, Marcus Wheaton's of the world and, and garbage like that. And, you know, where it was like now, you know, every big, I mean, the bears are mentioned once now that we have cap space, all of a sudden it's like, everybody's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Built. I mean, they want to be a part of this too. I mean, the Nagy's built some, the built, just a chemistry here that people want to be a part of. And it's, it's also kind of, I kind of have to be patient as a fan too, because you look at teams like the Patriots, right? They'll get rid of a guy that's, I think uh, Jonathan Wood had mentioned on Twitter. These are guys that are good, right? But you don't overpay for good guys when you're a good team. You don't, you don't pay them great contracts. Like this is something the Patriots are known for. They let their big names go and they bring in guys that are a little cheaper, but can still fill the role. And I just, I have to be, it's it's tough adjusting to that because we're not used to being in this position where we are a win now team. Like it's been a while, man. So like for every free agency, it's been like who's going to put us over the hump. We just we need guys to come in that that fit what pace values and plug them in. We already we already have the pieces. I like paying what was Amos and Callahan big money when we have a good defensive front seven. We get away with average guys filling those holes. You know, so it's just a different mindset now, and I'm still trying to adjust to it. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought two years ago that we would be in this 
position of lead dog because we're lead dog now. It's like we are the destination. Well, and and not only that, but it feels like every team in our division is reacting to us. Yes. You see the Lions signing and overpaying for guys, in my opinion. I mean, the Lions brought in Trey Flowers and, you know, um, Coleman, both from the Patriots. You know, my first thought was, well, here's Patricia going to get guys who will actually play for him. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you know, he's – and that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, like to, to give that much money to Trey Flowers, who's young, um, you know, but he has 21 sacks in 37 games. And, and you know, they gave him $90 million. You know, right. that's a, a 50, something like $54 million guaranteed. You know, that's a, that's a big contract, you know. And, I mean, you think about that's the kind of move that the Bears would have made a couple years ago and and the media would have just destroyed us yes like, you yes. know and now go ahead we got the division shook man we have green bay out there spending money you know what i mean like yeah. they're being aggressive bro that we got also them shook. spending money kind of recklessly i mean you know the the guy from baltimore uh zadarius smith is that his name yeah um that guy i mean that guy another guy that's just kind of like oh okay I mean, he played for the Baltimore defense, and it's like he's almost getting paid by association. Uh, another guy, you know, I think I was looking up, he's got 18 sacks and 54 games. Like, I mean, you know, they need, they have needs. I mean, you know, Green Bay has needs at at, at a lot of spots on de- on defense, and this is, you know, they're they're paying a pretty penny for it. And and here we are being smart and judicious and just kind of laying in, in the cut, you know. And none of those signees can block Khalil Mack because they're all those, defense. None of those five guys oh, can man. block Khalil Mack. None of those guys can block Khalil Mack. I got to talk about this elephant in the room, man. What's that? I, I'm a Bears fan, right? First and mm. foremost, you go from the Bears to the Packers, I am not shaking your hand on the way out the door. Now, no, I would never wish ill will to someone on a personal level or anything like that. Shit got out of control with some people on Twitter. But I am not wishing you good luck on your new team. Like, man, I hope Taylor Gabriel burns you. Like, you just don't yeah. do that. You don't switch those colors, man. Like, no. You know, like I said, like, I'm not, I think, I think people on Twitter need to chill when you're attacking these athletes personally, man. It's all good. It's like, it's all, it's all about the game. You know what I mean? When you, when you, there's some wild crap on there. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't condone that at all, man. That was not. I mean, huh? yeah, my general like, rule, and I, I hope everybody would follow this is do not at players with hate. Nah, man. Don't Come ever on. at That's them ridiculous. with hate. Like it's, it's just out of, out of bounds. It's out of line. You know, you know, it's nothing you would ever say to them in person. Every one of these people that spit and hated Amos would ask him for a selfie even if he yes. was wearing a Packers uniform, they they would they would you know they would be in Green Bay Stadium you know uh, like you know panting and oh my God Mr. Amos ah. you know but it's on Twitter <laughs> oh, yeah. on Twitter they're you know tough guys talking about this and that you know I I mean I I added him and I said hey best of luck to you congratulations on the contract but I hope you go 0 and 16. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he understands you can't, you can't that. Take to a personal level, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a rivalry in football. Like, don't hide behind your keyboard and try to play tough guy. Like, no. Man, I, I I did like Adrian. Of course, we all like loved Adrian when he was here. 
You know right. what I mean? It's it's just a fun thing. Like, you know, like I'm not come on, you just went to our rival. You know what he, I mean? He was a steady Eddie, like I told a Packer fan, I was like, he he's a good guy that he he won't get you beat, but he's not gonna win you a game either. You're not gonna win a game on a play that he makes. Very I I can't remember one. Three picks in four years. And he had my the dad, one my he dad had the touchdown me. return against Baltimore, but that game even went to overtime. So he my, I mean, my father called me up, the Packer fan father of mine. Yeah. And I didn't even I didn't even let him get a word in, man. I'm like, go ahead, rub it in. He was Oh yeah, I see you could save this, and he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know, it, it, I honestly think that they're still salty that they didn't get Fuller, and now they're just happy that they got that they feel like they got over on us. But I, I don't even know what the Bears offered him, if anything. I mean, there's a chance that the Bears didn't even offer him a contract. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, he they what you know he went out, he got his offers, and. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say necessarily that Green Bay wildly overpaid for him or anything like that, but it's more than I would have felt like the Bears should have spent on him. I was thinking more like four years, 24 million, you know, maybe 10 guaranteed, 10 to, you know, six, six to seven, you know, but especially with with the limited cap space that we have for to be up eight, nine, 10. And that's, you know, that's a lot, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, he's not a guy that, that makes a lot of splash plays and, and has a lot of production, um, you know, and so, you know, I'm, I'm okay with him leaving. I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm happy for him that he got another contract and, you know, he's, he's going to be set up, but, you know, I honestly hope that, uh, you know, they don't, they don't win anything. And certainly not, doesn't do anything against us the two times that we play. Right. So. And you kind of, you kind of, I kind of knew it was over when Kaplan came out with that tweet from, uh, at MMQB when it was like the bears really wanted Weddle and Hallis Hall, like, right. Yeah. And that, that value was about 5 million. I'm like, yeah, they're moving cool. on. And you kind of knew it was a wrap at that point. That's what I'm saying is like, I don't know that they gave him, much of an offer at all i mean i'd be honestly really surprised because if that you you have to think that if they were close he would have stayed just from a comfort level you know what i mean he, obviously he you know he and he even uh tweeted at prince of mukamara that he's gonna miss the db room you know and he's gonna miss his guys and he's gonna miss club dub and you know everything i mean you know Sh- chicago is a team that's pointed in in a in a different direction than green bay i think right now um, you know, certainly Green Bay has has pieces that they could turn things as well. But you have to think that if Chicago was close in money, he wouldn't have necessarily let it be about two or three million dollars. I, I, you know, and we may find this out. We may not. I'd be surprised if Chicago was even close at all. And like you yeah. said, with them pursuing Weddle like that kind of tells you that that, you know, he kind of and and all year something about the way that Amos was and the way he acted and the way he tweeted and the way he decided to you know yeah there was a lot of cryptic tweets there towards well after the season you know it was like how do you even everybody's trying to psychoanalyze it's like what does this mean you know just like we're doing with the Le'Veon Bell stuff Uh, yeah I mean I think he's very much he's going here Amos Amos was on that Facebook like what was me those tweets that really annoy you where it's like 
so frustrated, dot, dot, dot. And you're like, oh, what's going on? It's like it right. just kind of felt right. like that. You had everybody. Chime in. You know, he would chime in. And then he would say, like, oh, I'm just having fun. But, I mean, you can tell by the way that guys interact on social media where their head's at. You know, and he, he tended to have a little bit of an adversarial persona on Twitter in general. I mean, you know, even if you are from Baltimore and you do think that Ray Lewis is is the best linebacker of all time, you're on the Bears. You're being paid by the Bears. So maybe it's not in your best interest to tweet that, <laughs> you know, like you could talk about it all you want. You can tell your friends, your family and 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 your mailman if you fucking want but maybe it's not the best idea to tweet it you know and then and then be surprised that you get backlash about it you know and then be like oh i'm just playing with people and it's like yeah but you don't really see other bears players playing with the fan base like that you know so it was always kind of like i felt like you know he kind of had one foot out the door he kind of knew that writing was on the wall and 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 it was interesting too as the extensions got signed by goldman and leno and Massey and different guys, it you know, there was always this feeling of Amos just came, kind of being like, huh, not me though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, if the writing was kind of on the wall for him, it certainly is on the wall for Callahan with screens being signed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Which, you know, he's just as good as gone. And 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 again, I'm 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 good with that. I, I, to me, it's too much of a risk. You, you want to talk about a guy being up in the seven million plus range, like people are talking about, with that kind of injury history? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I am too. I, I am absolutely good. Uh, also, hey, Cordero Patterson. Yeah. How about that? About From out of nowhere. Now, ex Viking started out, was drafted highly as a wide receiver, had hand trouble at Minnesota, as I recall. You know, he, he gets shipped over, ends up in New England. They find they find a fit for him, and now he's with us. I'm feeling that. Well, somebody did. Uh, it was kind of out of nowhere, but our, our good friend uh, B. Diddy uh, had a little little inkling the other day. Maybe it's just yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. So, he's so tapped into all things New England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was on the phone with Belichick, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, I, I just thought he'd be a really good replacement for for White, and not only White at this now Bellamy, you got a guy that's going to contribute on special teams. He's definitely going to give us more production than White, which isn't saying much, but for the same with a little bit more money, yeah, I'll take that because I think Nagy's going to be able to scheme him up for some trickery, and I think he's going to be great on the return game. I don't know what game that was with New England, but where he ended up just the running back. Like yes, he, he did up, that for like three weeks. Yeah, like, that was insane. I mean, he looked like a tall Marshawn Lynch running yeah. the ball. Like, I mean, that guy is just a football player. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, straight up, he is, I, I without question, he's the best kickoff returner we've had since Hester. And you don't think he's going to be pumped to play the Vikings twice a year? Oh, hell yeah. I mean. I love it, man. I love the fact that the Vikings fans are going to be pissed off. Hey, Minnesota, we got your boy. (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, and and anybody that comes, you know, that that has a little patriot dust on them can't be the worst thing in the world. The thing about Buster Screen, 
going back to him a little bit, he's he, number one. He's already breaking my no Browns rule because he had numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I mean, yeah, Nagy gave him some credit and gave him some compliments, but let's turn over his football card and what do we see on the back? The Jets and the Browns. Ugh. <laughs> you know i've watched some i've watched what i could of him on youtube and stuff i saw some stuff that from his uh college day back back what that's been seven or eight years ago he seems very physical he seems like he's fast enough to cover that spot and as long as the pass rush is intact and keeps getting after it i think he's gonna be okay I think he's well, more durable. I think he's a more durable, sorry, man, a veteran presence that can that can play the outside or the slot. And I, from, I, he's definitely more durable, like I said. And I really question, like, sometimes you, you wonder, like, a change of scenery, right? You're, you're coming to a much better defense. Your job's becoming a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You put Callahan on the Jets. You know, I mean, flip the two. I think it's I think it's a nice place for a defensive back to be when you got the front seven that we have. Well, for and, sure, and and you got to think about how much is Chuck Pagano already influencing the type of moves they're making. He has to be. I mean, the guy's a, a former DB coach, defensive coordinator. Um, you know, so he's got to be influencing that. And and Screen is a guy that um, you know he does what his name is, and uh, he busts the screen. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty well. And maybe he's going to be a guy that can, you know, rush the passer. And then I've also seen that he can, he can play straight up corner and he can also play safety. So I'm sure they like the flexibility of that where Callahan really was just a nickel. I mean, you really can't, you know, he can do a little run stop. He can do a little, uh, you know, pass rush on some some funky blitzes. But you're not going to put him on the edge, and you're certainly not going to uh, line him up in any kind of safety position. So, you know, screen, I think, is a little bit – he's 5'9", um, which isn't that a little taller than, than Callahan, or is that the same size? Right. I can't remember. But at the end of the day, I think they put a number on that position – and they know that they've got Tolliver and they know that they've got Joseph and some guys waiting in the wings that they like. And they just said, you know what, we're given where we're at, we're not going to spend $7 million on, you know, on a guy that's basically missed a third of his games and, you know, so be it. I mean, that's where we're at now is we're, <clears throat> we're, you know, when you're good, you let good guys leave. Yeah. Cause you have to it happens. I mean, it just, freaking happens um you know and 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 guys you know other teams are clamoring for our cast-offs <laughs> that's you know? different that's that's cool that's a good place to be you know i mean to be honest so you know and and, and the other thing too that's interesting is you see uh just total middling offensive linemen getting way more money than oh, yeah. than C and leno you know and another you know kind of under uh, publicized thing that that Pace did was looking at you know how he extended Massey and we talked about it but now you see some of the the offensive line deals that are getting thrown out there for guys that are just like who <laughs> you know right. I mean they're not you know they're not uh, these household names and they're getting big money so yeah I wouldn't uh, be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if we lock up Whitehair soon to yeah but that feels like that feels like something that would happen later though don't you think like oh I mean. Maybe so, maybe not. I don't know. Just something that kind of caught me. You know, there were I 
I don't know why it caught my eye, but I noticed that the Bears Twitter handle put out a video basically showing white hair waving. Oh, yeah. Uh, true to run behind him. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah, against the Patriots. Of course, the super psychoanalyst in me is like, that's interesting. But yeah, I wonder, wonder how, how lockstep they are if they, if, you know, if how much you know, Jen and her team are out there on their own, just kind of putting up cool stuff or, you know, is there like a method to the madness of the timing of some of these things, you know, and trying to control the message and, you know, to some degree, the narrative. Right. It's going to be hard to extend a guy like Cody right now, though, when you don't know how it's going to play out. Right. You got Daniels that a lot of people, well, Good point, myself included. You know what I mean? So Daniels may be the heir apparent there, and then that would move Cody to guard and what guard spot. I still spot think you extend. But how do you I mean? How, how do you value It deals with contract structure is what you're saying. Right. How do you structure like a contract? You structure you a contract for a guard the same, the same way as it's structured for a center. I don't without, know. Without seeing that guard, it's been a while. So like, I mean, is, would, is he going to still be in? I think he still will be effective, but it's been a minute. Well, you certainly, you certainly say, okay, we woke up and, and Ryan Pace was like, okay, wake up boys. We got money. And (laughs) it was, you know, it was like, oh, okay, we're in this thing. Like, but at the same time, I kind of feel like they did that and they just said, we want to be players. We want to, we want to, we want to pull it out and, and, and be in the, be in the game. And, but we're not necessarily going to shoot our wad just to shoot it you know so i think at the end of the day you could very well see just some small moves and then maybe they wait and it's true that some things change as we get older but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia brain fog moodiness and weight gain you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging and with midi health you can get help and stop pushing through it alone The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You know, maybe they uh, maybe they do the extensions and just kind of use the money that way. I mean, it, it, you know, it could be, you know, also, I mean, sometimes you just do this as like a PR thing. You know, I mean, because a lot of people were just kind of ready to say, yeah, the Bears are going to, you know, the Bears are day three drafting and, you know, the Bears, blah, blah, blah. It's not really going to be much of an offseason for the Bears. And Ryan Pace said, hold on, 
we're we're still here. Yeah. So you know, let's talk about it. I mean, my thing is, God damn it, I would love to have Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I, I don't. With the signing of Mike Davis, I don't know that that's even a part of their game plan. Yeah, I, don't I, think know, I know. I'm like, getting the looks. I'm getting the looks right now, and that's okay. <laughs> But I'm telling this goes to the idea that I have that this is based on the Philadelphia offensive philosophy that maybe Davis can play that JHI role, that Howard can play the LeGarrette Blount short yardage role, and that Tariq Cohen is going to be the Darren Sproles, basically. Now, I think if you switch that and you say, say we bring Le'Veon Bill in, then I think we go from more of a uh, Philadelphia style uh, roster to a Kansas City. If you follow what I'm saying, an offensive structure more like Kansas City, where you've got Bell who can do the Kareem Hunt role. If you if you follow, so sure. No, I mean I I see what you're saying. I just feel like you could also easily just say that Mike Davis is just a replacement for Benny Cunningham, plain and simple, and, and Mazzell. And Mazel, yeah, like yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you, I don't think you, you, the pickup of him really prohibits you from from doing anything. Um, gotta be, gotta watch out though, because Ryan Nall's been been running them little like. Yeah, Ryan Nall's been those running half on, hills yeah. that Peyton used to. So yeah, he Ryan yeah. Ryan Nall was on the mini golf course, uh, running hills. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally just, I've got, I'm face bombing right now. I just <laughs> say about this. I'm I mean, so I hear much. what you're saying, Jerry. I just don't know that that Mike Davis really like. He looks pretty elusive. Um, no, I liked what I saw of him. I mean, uh, you know, that the game against the Cardinals where he yeah. got a lot of carries and got a lot of yards. I mean, the guy looked good. You know, he's 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 quick. He hits the hole hard. He's got some wiggle. He's got some some moves, and he's big. He looks like he's tough to bring down. I well, mean, you know, he got some fantasy buzz too early in the year. A lot of people thought that he was going to take that starting job. Yeah, well, because I, I mean, you know, that this uh, the Seattle backfield's been a, kind of a mess for a while now. You know, until their offensive line sucks. <laughs> it's kind of wild too because these three guys i mean davis patterson and and scrines these are all teams we played this year so it's like they were scouting wild you know and of course well, that's went thing, in, yeah, that's a cool, it's kind of wild yeah case case is never never not working i mean this guy oh yeah you know and, and that's the nice part about it is you, you feel that like you feel like this dude has a plan he's already you know like he's smarter than all of us <laughs> and well, thank god everybody and also everybody on twitter you know he's he you know he, he's yeah everybody thinks they they know exactly you know what 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 to do and how to do it but this guy's been thinking about all of it a long time you know before any of us even you know had a little brain fart and hatched it out on twitter so that's what's cool, you know, and because there's definitely been GMs, Phil Emery, you know, and, and people like that where it just felt like pure reaction. Yeah, um, we're proactive instead of reactive, which is well, and, completely different. And, and I mean, we saw Ryan Pace also be kind of reactive and not proactive. I think this is, you know, this is the pace that you get when we've stacked a couple of drafts and, you know, we yes. we have we've made some good some good acquisitions and um, you know, that this is, this is a place of, of confidence and 
um, you know, security moving forward. And he's got a, he's got a ton of great minds at the table with him. You know, he's he's got you know the top some of the top guys in Harry Heastand and and now Pagano and and you know I mean he's got he's got really good voices whereas before with Fox and his you know and and the people that that he had around him and you know it obviously wasn't wasn't a great think tank you know <laughs> it felt like Pace sometimes in fact we sort of know this that Pace was forced to kind of be out on his own I mean you know mm-hmm. it's why widely reported that Fox didn't know anything about Trubisky. Um, <laughs> you Thank know. God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. But it was, you know, so it's interesting. It's just interesting to see where we are now. And, you know, and I, don't, I, I think it's easy to get cocky and I'm not trying to, you know, get cocky necessarily, but, you know, none of, there were, there were definitely years where if we lost a player like Adrian Amos, it would be like the sky was falling. And then to lose him to the Packers, it would just be like, oh, forget it. Like, you know, cancel my cancel my season tickets. Not that I have any, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, excited that's... about this Patterson move too, man. This is, I mean, we were talking, especially UAA. You were you were on it with the special teams, man, because it was frustrating at times. But this is a guy that torched our special teams, yep. and our special teams just got better. We brought in a guy that torched us, so. Yeah. I mean, you know I mean? I'm excited about it. Go go raid your opponents. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a great strategy that a lot of winning teams, uh, you know, employ. Um, but it'd be interesting. I mean, you know, so say we don't get Le'Veon Bell. Do we get Justin Houston? Do you spend more money on the defensive side? You know, that's I mean, a how, move I could get behind. How? But but so much money on the defensive side. I mean, you know, hard how, to lose if they can't score. Here's another thing that was kind of crazy that just happened was San Francisco just acquired D Ford from from the Chiefs and that's a guy that that the Chiefs had franchise tagged and now San Francisco is gonna um, gonna negotiate a contract with him. You know, it kind wow. it kind of made me think: Is there still a chance that that the Bears could get Robbie Gold? You know, in that same way, because you saw that the the San Francisco signed another kicker this past week and it was kind of a head scratcher. I was just kind of like, why are the why would they franchise Robbie Gold and then sign another kicker? Now they can rescind a tag. They could rescind the tag. But in a way, like, you know, it. I mean, it's in a way it's almost better. It protects their asset. If yeah, because don't you have to give up so many draft or so much draft capital to get that player away? From yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you have to or not. I'm not sure exactly. I think I think you may get. I think because the tag is on them, you may get something back that's higher. I mean, I don't know. In terms of compensatory picks, it's a lot of. I don't totally understand it. There's been a lot of back and forth about what the Bears could get, but I do know that it has to net out. So we have to lose more players than we get. So if if we if we lose four players and we sign four players, we don't get any compensatory picks. But if we sign if we lose four and sign three, then you know we get we get a compensatory pick and it, it depends on the deal and you know so we could end, people are saying we could end up with a fourth round pick for Amos. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, again, it's not something you want to like sort of bank on. Um, 
you know, but but it is something that the Bears certainly have not gotten <laughs> in recent memory. Right. And I'm sure it matters with who we replace him with too. I'll have to. I forgot to plug that earlier in the show, but uh, I'll have to ask Lauren Cox that later on. Absolutely. Like, who are the guys that we can who are left that we should be looking at? You know. Right. Just for to sure. Replace Amos. You know. For sure. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's still guys out there, obviously, and Earl Thomas is, is looking for big money. And um, I mean, I kind of feel like Pace is, Pace knows that he can find safeties and running backs in the draft. So he's got this money and he, he might use it for, for running back. He might use it for safety. He might use it to, you know, extend some contracts and kind of pick up, you know, this and that. I mean, I still think, you know, we. I mean, we know that that there's some holes to shore up on the special teams. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, but you know, I I would I would be extremely excited if we somehow pulled Le'Veon Bell out. <laughs> I, I think say. the fan, I think the Twitter sphere would just explode. Yeah, I mean, there's like. Talk- it's been talked that as we're recording this, that that he's going to announce something at midnight. Um, he's been he's he's been playing a little bit oh, of a promo game. Uh, it's starting to feel like a, a microcosm of like Manny Machado. Of course, not over the course of months and months and months, but you know um, where like the decision, man. What? Come on, don't. Well, do I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, how did I get to this point where I'm actually going to be disappointed if we don't get Le'Veon Bell? Like. I mean, it didn't even this morning. That didn't even seem like something that was remotely possible. But but what yeah. what seems to happen is that the market has has gone way down for him. Yeah, like like you said earlier, it's Khalil Mack changed everything because we didn't believe it's like Khalil Mack. There's no freaking way, and we had draft capital, sure. But then it's like, boom, we got we got fucking Khalil Mack. Right. <laughs> It will be disappointing at this point because of the buildup. Like we we've been following this, and is it going is it going to end up here? But mm. I, I, the only thing that can make it better for me, and then that would be I think involve a trade up at this point, is uh Darrell Henderson from Memphis, man, in the draft. If we got yeah. him, that kid is so raw, man. I I think he's going to be he it's he would still, fit perfectly in our offense. It's hard to say. I mean, running back. I mean, uh, you look at you, man. I understand, but but. Tell me, tell me who told who who was calling out Alvin Kamara last year? Anybody? I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody going. You gotta check out this kid. I didn't hear anybody talking about Kareem Hunt when he came out. I mean, a running back is you know, it's. Well, it's I mean, we have, we have proof of that too with Jordan Howard. You know. Yes. I but, mean, sure do. When he when he was when he was drafted, it was Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Carey and. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like we thought Jordan Howard was going to be the the heir apparent to anything. He was just a guy that they liked, had a lot of talent in the fifth round, and then you know, I mean, so you need, you need to go dive into that tape on Henderson. Son. Yeah, he's fast. You also had a crush on the kid from Arizona last year too. I still take him. Balaz, is it Balaz? Yeah, I did. Like and I think he's going to end up being really good too. It's fast in a straight line. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Right, but I mean, you know, again, that's about the situation. I mean, the dolphins, I mean, look at the dolphins. The dolphins are, you know, kind of a mess. Yes, that's true. I so, wish Jordan Howard would have been fast in a straight line. Don't act like he's yeah. He's, 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 he's fast in a straight line and then he falls down. <laughs> Jerry's like Jerry, like it's a bad thing. He's fast in a straight line. God, I wish Howard was fast in a straight line. Two years ago, we were saying that last year. Because he was the only good player on our crappy team. <laughs> the offense philosophy was not very good. I don't. You can't shit on Jordan Howard. I, I just I don't know. He's I am a fan. He's declining. I mean, whether you know whether it's the the uh, you want to call it the offensive line, this that or the other. And they were talking on ESPN. Um, they they kind of debunked a couple things. There's there's this idea that Jordan Howard gets better as the game goes on. Not true. He's he's at his best in the first quarter. His actually in, in almost every season his yards per carry went down as the game went on. So this idea that he's the kind of back that's great between 20 and 30 carries it's like no i mean maybe if you because you're running the ball it means you have a lead late in the game but it doesn't like i mean the, the here's the thing is we love our guys bears fans love our guys we love the stories we love the undrafted free agents we loved you know and and we get attached to these guys i mean so, so everybody loves Jordan Howard. He's a great kid. He, he, you know, we got great production out of him. It's a great story. To be honest, he would probably be better off going somewhere where he could get featured because this is his contract year, and and he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a much better chance of earning uh, a new contract someplace else. You know, um, because he's not going to get 25, 30 carries a game, and there's only a few guys that are going to get that kind of usage you know what i mean i mean if you're you know you're talking about a guy in Le'Veon bell that that has almost eight thousand yards from scrimmage and 42 touchdowns you know like i mean the guy is the guy's a monster you could slide that into the all-time list of bears and he'd be pretty high up there <laughs> you know what i mean like you know it, it just That's based true. on that i mean so That's true. i mean i'm not trying, trying to take anything away from Le'Veon bell at all he's a fantastic athlete i'm just saying that i think sometimes the hate on jordan howard's oh, it's yeah. unwarranted 
Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, I think... And I can see where you're at, where you think he's very average. And I think that, you know, I I agree that he has a hard time fitting in the offense. But it's also his first year in the offense. I mean, other players get a little string to kind of... Oh, well, it's first year in the offense, so we understand that. But he doesn't? They gave him 250 carries. It's not like they gave him, give him a shot. I mean... It's not like it's you know like he he didn't have as he had almost as many carries this year as he had last year. What was that? Mid, mid, midnight midnight like maybe my time know. central time like, <laughs> Pacific. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you guys are on I'm refreshing right now just looking. I know I was too. Man, but yeah, I just feel like if we get a guy like Bell, which I dude I don't think I would not welcome that guy in because he's a fantastic athlete. But, you know, I, I, I just see that Howard's got it. I think Howard has a role in this offense somewhere. I, I, I just. I, don't I know. like I like Howard, man. I'm just saying like the, the fit in the system. It, it's not like they're not trying to move on from that. You, you don't. It just seems that way to me, like the, these trade rumors seem legit. You know, they're fielding offers like that. They're not denying that this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that whole thing last year was like everybody was freaking out because what was it? He he was updating his Instagram, so he removed some pictures. Yeah. Everybody was freaking the hell out. Now it's like okay, we get it. We we people are more open to it now. You don't hear a lot of kickback. Oh no, you don't hear nagging and face coming out saying this ain't real. You know, a little more open to it than I was last year. I thought last year was it was an insane thought that he would even be considered this year, even though I've seen it, it just, man, it's just tough. Because he was so, he was very good on some bad teams. Yeah, that's true. And, and he was, he was, he was very good. He was our best player. Yeah. He was the bright point. Somebody is somebody that, you know, maybe, is muted to the idea or doesn't hear. Yeah, and so is Amos. <laughs> Amos was also very good on some bad teams. And, you know, we kind of fell in love with with him in that way. You know what I mean? Like, as we do. Yeah, you so, want to remember the good players when times were bad. I'm all right. I'm, yeah. Don't cry. <laughs> you need a minute? <laughs> I'm just Man. saying that that's what it is. It's like. They were with us before we got good. It's like a good story and all that stuff, but we'll be, we're going to be fine. Or I'm sure there's going to be some, there's going to, these guys are going to have to adjust to the system. There may be a little bit of drop back initially, but I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine. If, if, if we end up with Mike Davis and Jordan Howard and whoever, I'm sure they'll make it work. Yeah. And I don't think Howard's going to be a problem. I don't think he's going to cause any problems. I don't think he's going to, you know, he's not going to hold out or sit out or bitch or any of that. And that's great. I just think that they feel that for $2 million, which is what Howard is making this season, he jumped up from 600000 They could, you know, they could get a back that cost 500000 rookie salary that basically is going to be able to do the same thing. You know. Like, say Bell was a real – I don't know how realistic this whole thing is, right? But Bell and uh, Howard have the same agent, so you, like, wonder, like, what kind of difficulty does that present for the agent? Like, I don't want to block 
my other client, and I, mean, I need I to get more money over here. You know what I mean? Just, I think as an agent, you have to compartmentalize them. I, I think it would be kind of, I mean, I don't know what the code is and how it works, but I think it would be kind of messed up to, you know, to do something to, you know, protect one client at the detriment of another, you know, so to speak. Um, I mean, but from his standpoint, like I say, you know, that agent standpoint, if Le'Veon Bell comes to Chicago and Jordan Howard gets traded, I, I think it's possibly better for Howard because he, if he goes to a team, let's say, I don't know where he would go, but let's say he goes to the Jets. I think you brought that up before. Maybe he goes to the Jets and the Jets you know, really feature him, that's going to be better for him than another season of, you know, whatever. I mean, I think, uh, actually, I heard on uh, one of the ESPN radio shows that I think it's uh, Waddle and Sylvie, they have Barstool Big Cat on, and he was talking about how he just kind of wants them to move on from Howard because it it's frustrating watching Nagy try to make him work. And, and 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 that's what it comes down to is we know that Howard we've seen Howard do well and we just can't figure out why he's not doing well now and it's really frustrating to watch and, and that's what's kind of like he's just Marshall Bickett was just like I don't want to watch that anymore he's like I don't want to watch him go out there and but suck I can tell you this if you don't get Bell you're stuck with Howard for one year. That's the only. That's it. You're probably not getting him at, at a contract afterwards. What's up, guys? Double A here. Little special treat for you at this point in the show. We had our first guest. We were lucky enough to interview Lauren Cox from NBC Sports Chicago, also Pro Football Focus, and he's the host of the Locked On Bears podcast on the Locked On Network. Lauren was a great guest, and we hope you enjoy this interview. I wanted to put it in here just so that it was in sequence with what we were recording with the other shows. All these uh, different things were going on with free agency, so uh, some of the things we talk about uh, sort of ended up being out of sequence, and uh, we just wanted to make sure uh, that they made sense. Uh, So, uh, really great interview. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, Lauren Cox was really informative, and so just enjoy uh, this interview with Lauren Cox. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. I'm just enjoying the excitement of free agency so far here. Absolutely, it's been crazy, man. Um, so what are what are your takes on the uh, on the new bear free agents? Well, to start, you know, we saw Ryan Pace maintain that level of aggressiveness that even when they weren't coming out of the gate with a lot of salary cap space, clearly going out identifying a running back he wanted to add to this backfield, identifying a replacement in the slot for Bryce Callahan as he seems to be pricing himself out of the Bears' range. Pace wasn't just going to necessarily sit around and let the free agent market totally dictate everything. Obviously, some positions it seems like he's kind of waiting to see where things are going to play out, but he wasn't just going to sit on the sidelines while all these other teams go out and, and add impact players to their rosters. So, you know, it's sort of these smaller moves with you know, a running back that isn't a big flashy name and a, a slot cornerback that's not top dollar, but it's at least identifying the talent that he wanted to add to this roster and making sure that he got it. Definitely, man. Um, what do you think about uh, our chances with a lot of Le'Veon Bell talk out there? Do you oh, think that's a possibility? Go. Well, I I don't think that Mike Davis eliminated that possibility, and I don't even think Cordero Patterson eliminates that possibility. The, the door, I think, is still open, 
But at this point, it it still seems a little bit more on the unlikely side. The the bidding war seems to be going on there with the price tag going up and up. And with with the team building philosophy with Ryan Pace and trying to figure out where they're going to invest more money in this team, uh, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and, and think they're going to put tons and tons of money long term in this running back position in Le'Veon Bell. It, it would be a great luxury. It would be someone who could help take their offense to the next level. But I don't necessarily feel like this team is Le'Veon Bell away from you know, contending for a Super Bowl. I, I think you could take the Le'Veon Bell money, improve other positions, and spread that out a little bit farther and ju- be just as far in terms of building a contender and having this team set up for success in the future. Hey, Lauren, this is Jeremy. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, as far as uh, the roster building, as far as the running back position, I have a philosophy that we build more along the Philadelphia lines, which... I think Howard kind of supplants that LeGarrette Blount role and Cohen plays the Sproles role. And I think Mike Davis kind of also play could play the uh, Jay Ajayi style role. Um, what are your thoughts on how we're building our offensive scheme, basically? Well, I, I agree with you. I, I like that comparison is the Sproles to Cohen and, and Howard potentially. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Potentially trying to be in that blunt role, and I guess my question is, is whether or not Howard is going to be willing to take that role and what he's, you know, what he's going to want to do here and what he's going to put up with as far as he's not a guy that uh, it seems like the doesn't seem like the kind of player that's going to outwardly demand a trade like we've seen, you know, uh, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham and players like that. Howard doesn't seem like a very selfish player, but obviously it's a difficult situation for him. So I don't know how well he's going to be willing to swallow a smaller role. And if, you know, the bears would just rather kind of trade him and get some kind of compensation rather than put him in a position that he doesn't want to be in. But I I like the idea of, of kind of getting a a balanced backfield and and maybe not investing everything in a Le'Veon Bell, being able to, to kind of utilize all your assets. If you're given Bell, what eleven million dollars a year or whatever he could be uh, expecting, you're going to want that eleven million dollar player on the field as much as possible, which might take snaps away from Tariq Cohen, snaps away from Mike Davis and and whoever. And I think when you already have these playmakers in the backfield, Howard included, you still want to have playing time for them and to be able to best utilize your assets. So uh, I think being able to get those different running backs involved offensively, do some different things with them throw some different things at opposing defenses. And now you kind of throw Cordero Patterson in there as a, a little bit of a wild card. 
I think Matt Nagy can get really creative and have a lot of fun with the guys he has. They don't necessarily need Bell to to improve that way. Hey, Lauren, this is uh, Double A. Just uh, kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you said about Howard, uh, you know, uh, much has been made of his sort of uh, decline in production. And, um, you know, he actually got very similar amount of carries this year as he did last year, but the, the yards per carry was down and, and the targets were down and the catches were obviously down, even though he, he, you know, worked on it in the off season and whatnot. But let's just say that they do end up with what they've got, you know, maybe they drafted back, um, and let's just say they go into the season with, uh, you know, Davis and Cohen and Howard and, you know, who knows, maybe Ryan Nall or um, somebody like that. Do you, and Nagy talked a lot about kind of dialing in their sets and their, uh, their, you know, their fits and whatnot. Do you think that Howard, you know, could have a big season for us? Or is, I mean, I, Sometimes I'm not sure if if we're just making this odd man out thing up, you know, or if it's how real it is. Well, I'm not sure what to expect as far as what Mike Davis's role is exactly going to look like. And it will depend on who else is in this running back rotation. But if it's Howard and Cohen and, and Davis, I would expect Cohen to play pretty much the similar role we saw last year in terms of snaps and, and usage, and then Davis just cutting into Howard a little bit more and more. So I, I wouldn't expect him to have 250 carries again. And honestly, it's, it might be a good thing for Howard to be able to dial back a little bit and not get worn down so much so early in his career. He really has been relied upon to carry this offense through his first three seasons. So instead of being a, a 15 carry per game guy, maybe he drops down to 10 and maybe that's not as great of a fit for his style. I, I know there's the idea that, you know, he, he needs a certain number of carries to kind of get rolling and, and break free. And I, I think that's true to some extent, depending on the game and depending on the opponent. But I think other times it, it can be more about the running situations that he's in, in terms of running into crowded boxes and, and being able to spread teams out and give him more space to be able to work in the middle of the field and maybe a little bit less obvious rushing situations. So I, I wouldn't expect another, you know, 250 carry 1000 yard type year from Jordan Howard. But that doesn't mean even with Mike Davis in the backfield, he couldn't still be both the Bears leading rusher and a very productive player in this offense, even if it's not to the full extent that we saw in his first three seasons. Right. Well, it's just interesting because the last week on our show, we talked about how Nagy actually mentioned that he felt that the Bears were actually better with the run than they were with the pass. And I'm not sure what he meant by that, if he meant with efficiency or, you know, it's just, it's just interesting the way this has kind of developed, you know, my feeling on it is that, I mean, at the end of the day, Howard is a great story. I mean, he's a, he's a low round pick or a high round pick. And, um, you know, we got great production out of him. I mean, I think the biggest factor right now is that his salary goes up to $2 million from 600,000. And with the bears being, you know, sort of cap strapped, that might be the the thing that really kind of pushes him out more than anything. I mean, I think, you know, if he was still making $600,000 and we got the kind of production that we got out of him last year, I don't know if they'd, this would be the situation. Um, but you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a game changer, you know, uh, elite type of player. Uh, but I think you're right in that, you know, he really is uh, kind of like a luxury um, that, you know, I'm not really sure if, <clears throat> 
you know, we're exactly positioned to need, uh, but man, it sure would be fun. Uh, what do you, what do you think about some of the other acquisitions so far that they made uh, today in the last couple of days? Yeah, I'm not personally a very big fan of Buster Scream, the, the slot cornerback they signed from the Jets. He's a guy who's maybe been a little bit more towards average slot cornerback, in my opinion, over his NFL career. Uh, mostly from a coverage standpoint, there's there's going to be times when maybe we're a little bit frustrated with what he does on the field. He's able to step up in run defense pretty consistently. There's going to be a, maybe a few more missed tackles than you'd like to see, but it's rarely the kind of thing that's a major detriment. Like when he's, you know, filling a gap in the slot and he can hold his own and not get blocked super far downfield, not afraid to stick his nose in there and get a little dirty and, and occupy that outside gap and hold some contain there to help the linebackers on the inside come up and make a play. But sometimes if, you know, three guys are chasing after a running back or whoever, he might slip up and, and overrun a little bit and miss a tackle here and there. So I, I would expect some noticeable drop off from Bryce Callahan there, but that's sort of what you get when you end up paying a little bit less at that position to to not have to invest top dollar in a, a top young player at that position. But Buster Screen is a lot more durable than Bryce Callahan, too. So it's not as simple as just money going into that decision as well. And then Cordero Patterson, a little bit more of a, I don't know if gadget guy is belittling his his role potentially too much, but uh, probably the best kickoff return man in the NFL a guy who can do a little bit as a receiver, but it just opens things up for Matt Nagy to be creative. They move him all around the offense, get him going horizontally, run some screens with him, put him in the backfield. Not a guy that you want to rely on as like your top running back and give him a bunch of carries a game, but he can do it and he can catch some passes downfield, but it's more about putting him in position to create yards after the catch, kind of putting him in almost like kickoff type situations. There's maybe a little bit of a Devin Hester type uh, comparison as far as plugging him in on offense, but it's a little bit of a, a different body type and a little bit of a different style of running, but more about still wanting to get him in space and letting him do that work with the ball in his hands that he does best. Hey, I had a question about uh, Callahan and the scr- screens also. Uh, the PFF scores, Callahan had an 81.4 score on the PFF, and screens had a 59.3. Help me understand this in layman's terms. I, I know that You've probably went through this a lot with trying to explain this to a person like myself that, you know, I see what I've seen on highlight videos. It's really about it from screens, you know, help me to understand how, how can I take a number like that and kind of put it into a const a context as a lay person. Yeah. So with, with Buster, it's important to remember too, that, that is just his 2018 number, and I believe it was one of his lower-graded seasons of his career, particularly from a coverage standpoint. And he was much better in a little bit of a bigger role with the Jets in the year before. So there's always going to be some variation there from year to year as the scheme around a player changes and the talent around a player. Sometimes, as much as PFF grades isolate what an individual does from a production standpoint— Sometimes you're put in more difficult positions when the talent around you just isn't as good. You know, when your team is down on the scoreboard and your defense is is just having to run all the time or you're getting in a lot of shootouts, X, Y, Z, you name it. But as far as breaking down his 2018 grade, as as I look through, there's just a few too many of those bigger plays. And it's not the totally busted coverage type things where he's just 
totally gone on a play and you don't know where the heck he went. But it's the kind of thing where a guy gets a crossing yard for 15 yards and screens just a few steps behind him, and it ultimately is a, a bigger play downfield. It's not quite the full-on like explosive plays, but just the little things here and there where he can be vulnerable. Then you throw in some missed tackles in there, some penalties in there have been a problem through a lot of his career. And he, he just doesn't have a lot of the the pass breakup type plays to offset it. It's a lot of it's a lot of just kind of let the guy make the catch and tackle him rather than getting too involved in getting his hands on the ball. He had four PDs this past year. It was a little bit of a disappointment for him. Whereas the year before he was up at nine, you know, he's, he's able to show some of that ability, but it, to me, it's mostly just about uh, allowing too many catches that are a little bit too big in terms of downfield, you know, like the, the catch percentage number and sometimes the passer rating number doesn't always tell the whole story. That, that was the case with Adrian Amos, where he was a guy who would uh, allow a decent amount of catches, but they always would go for two or three yards and be a, a really a short gain or a no gain, and it ultimately is a plus for the defense, whereas screen is allowing a few too many plays downfield and some potential you know, openings where maybe he thought he would have some help from other players that weren't there, or maybe the Bears' pass rush would be able to pressure a quarterback enough that he's not going to be placed in as many of those situations. It's always a little bit more connected than an isolated grade. And it's just kind of, it's one part of the evaluation process. And then when you isolate him, there were definitely some things to be desired from a coverage standpoint. Well, I noticed that uh, whenever coach was, coach actually made a, so I put it on Twitter that uh, coach Nagy actually praised him pretty well during the Jets week. And I thought that was kind of a, in retrospect, kind of a telling statement. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, particularly in the running game. And the other thing about screen that's important is you, you may recall Bryce Callahan really emerged as a bit more of a, a nice blitzing option off the edge. And that is one thing that Buster Screen did really well this season. I want to say that Call Callahan and Screen were like first and second. They were both top five in pressures generated by slot cornerbacks this year. He had one sack, two hits, and five hurries on only 25 pass rushing snaps. So about every third time he's rushing the passer, he's getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's a much higher rate than, you know, any outside linebacker edge rusher in the NFL. And it's obviously a different type of edge rushing, but I think it was that sort of early sign that Matt Nagy likes what Buster Screen can do. And it seems like if Chuck Pagano is going to keep doing some of the things Fangio did with his slot cornerbacks, maintain that continuity, Screen has the, that ability to kind of fit in from a pass rushing standpoint what Bryce Callahan did. So, Lauren, working for PFF, have you ever had the opportunity to meet Chris Collinsworth? You know, I was in Cincinnati for about a, a week last year, and he was in the office at one point. I didn't meet him. I've seen his office, and he just kind of came and got, but he was on his way out. It was just after the Super Bowl. So I haven't met him, but I've been to the Cincinnati office. Oh, nice. And um, also, I, I know you went really in-depth on um, Lockdown Bears with the, uh, the available safeties. I mean, after all this free agent frenzy here, is there who do you think is our best option at this point to replace Amos? Well, it's, it's a weird situation because there's still some talented guys out there, but if they were going to go out and spend big money on a potential safety replacement, I don't know why you wouldn't just re-sign Amos and a pretty you know reasonable deal about what we were expecting, I think, $9 million a year, four years, 36 from Green Bay. And it really, with the guaranteed money on there of, uh, I believe, 12 or so, it's, it's only going to have him be like a two-year guaranteed deal with being able to kind of get out of it after that. But I look, obviously Earl Thomas is still in the market. He's the, 
top guy consensus, and I, I would pretty well eliminate that possibility for Chicago. But you know, a guy like Haha Clinton Dix, the former Packers safety, now with uh, was with Washington after being traded during the season. His value was was not very high when when they traded him during the year, but still expected to command maybe even more money than Amos got, depending on how this market continues to play out. But I'd keep an eye on a guy like Trey Boston from the Arizona Cardinals. I'd like to see you know if he can kind of take what he did on a one-year deal and and go uh, and be that much better. We saw him make some big plays against the Bears this past year and might be a little bit more uh, affordable than some of these other guys. But the one name I, I would keep an eye on is Indianapolis Colts safety Clayton Gathers. He played for Chuck Pagano for, I think, three or four seasons in Indy. Not not a top-quality starting guy, but someone who will know the system, could plug in and compete with Deion Bush and at least give you uh, some some kind of push back and forth at training camp so, to, so you're not just handing it to your former fourth-round pick. Yeah, it's interesting, um, Lauren, how it seems that – it would seem to me from the outside that, that Pace has – very much put a value on those two positions. And uh, it seems like that they determined perhaps a while ago that Callahan and Amos were just not going to fit that value, you know, because um, it does, I mean, you know, like I said, it's not like Amos broke the bank, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, he, he definitely got a lot for, for kind of what he is. I mean, I, I, I had sort of felt I like agree. maybe Amos was, was worth more to the bears than he would be to other teams, um, just in terms of his production. Uh, with PFF, you know, I think PFF obviously gets a lot of publicity and you know a lot of you know a lot of run on Twitter and a, you know a lot of mentions and and whatnot. But but essentially, it's it's fairly limited to just the opportunities that the player gets. Correct? I mean, if if you know, it's it's sort of it's loosely based on you know a player has an opportunity to make a play and then whether or not they make the play, right? I mean, you know, if, if the players don't get the opportunities, they're certainly not gonna not gonna grade as high, correct? Correct. It's it's what they call a prog- a production grade. So it's it's trying to isolate what a player produces individually from uh, you know trying to eliminate the everything around him and just focus on on a given play, given the opportunity he had. What did he do with that opportunity? Right. Well, that's what I was saying with Callahan is that to me, I think that Callahan had his best season, not so much necessarily because he was, you know, especially better. It was that the the pass rush and the rest of the defense was better. And then he was out there, um, which is, you know, something that he struggled to just be out there at all. Um, But then also I felt like, and I was talking about this with the guys earlier, that I felt like Amos was somebody that didn't really improve um, with the rest of the defense. It kind of felt like everybody else got better when Mac got here. I mean, except for sort of Leonard Floyd's um, injury and his struggles, you know, to kind of sit in and, and whatnot. But, but Amos, it didn't really seem like, you know, improved. What did you think? Did you think that he was, uh, that he benefited from the from from Jackson's prolific season and Mac and all of that. Well, I do think that in certainly in comparison to a lot of the players on this defense, when you put them side by side, it, it made Amos seem a little bit worse, right? That Eddie Jackson's having this Pro Bowl year and getting all these interceptions and and turn and scoring touchdowns on it. Kyle Fuller's getting all these interceptions and making his first Pro Bowl. Khalil Mack playing like a defensive player of the year for a lot of the season. And all of a sudden, it, it does kind of leave Amos as, well, what are you doing? You know, what, what are you, what's so special about you? And I think to some extent, 
it was, he was closer to the same player each of the last two seasons. And I, I agree. I don't think we saw a ton of improvement from him, but I think it was a pretty similarly consistent type performance from Adrian. He's a guy that's just going to cover pretty tightly and, you know, he'll allow the catch underneath and make that little that tackle for a short gain like I talked about earlier and not really get beaten deep, not really give up those big plays. I mean, I, I think he had two catches he allowed all season that were more than 20 yards and only a handful that went for more than 10. So, I mean, he's a guy that will allow the catch and will give up some yards here and there. But his ability to to cover tight ends one-on-one in man-to-man coverage and do everything that you need a safety to do. He can roll back and play that Eddie Jackson role in the deep free safety when you need him to, even though it's not necessarily his biggest strength or anything like that, but a guy who can play the run really well, wraps up consistently in, t- in tackling, is able to blitz a little bit when you ask him to, but was hardly asked to do so, and then just be solid in coverage, even if it's not generating turnovers per se. It's just kind of holding down the area that you're going to put him on and, and you know, that was kind of how it rolled for him this year. Some more targets came his way as the rest of the the defense seemed to be a, a little bit more aggressive in terms of anticipating the pass rush. So I, I agree with you. It wasn't it wasn't that particularly big step forward that everyone else had, but I still thought it was a it was a darn solid season from him. Well, yeah, just, he's always been that solid, disciplined guy that you know, like you said, isn't going to make the splash play, but also isn't going to give up the big play. Um, I, my feeling is that I don't think we're going to miss him a ton, you know, I, um, but, you know, hopefully, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that being said, but, you know, when, when he signed, you know, when I felt like he was going to leave, I think the bigger issue is that he signed with Green Bay, not necessarily that, you know, that he left the team. I mean, I think that's the thing that that's going to leave the fan base feeling the most uh, sort of scorned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, it'll depend on what his replacement is, right? If it's, if if Dion Bush is, is the guy and he's got those inconsistent ups and downs, maybe you will miss the consistency, the play to play, you know what you are getting from Adrian Amos, but you know, if they draft somebody or are able to sign one of these free agents and maybe they pick off a few more passes and, and make a couple of bigger plays, but give up some bigger receptions down the line, maybe you don't miss Amos as much and you're willing to take a little bit more of the bad with more of the good along the way. So I agree. There's there's a real value question there as far as how replaceable is ultra consistency at the position when there's not the high highs and the low lows. And I, I guess we'll get to see firsthand this year. Well, I've got a question for you. We're going to go a little personal. We're going to go deeper. How does a kid like you start out doing what you're doing? You know, just being a, a fan like the rest of us. And, you know, I, I listen to you on a now, well, it's now been debunked uh, podcast, the NFC North Byroom. You know, that's where I was introduced to you. How do you go from where you started at as a fan to where you're at now? You know, you're at a different level doing the N- NBC Sports. You're doing Pro Football Focus. I mean, how, how does that journey even happen? Well, you know, I I don't feel... Don't, I don't, don't think be humble. Like, don't be but, humble. No, I legitimately don't feel... <laughs> very different than I was. And, you know, it, the, the websites have a different name. The podcasts have a different name, but I'm largely just kind of doing the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a hustle game for sure. You know, I, I have a full-time job in addition to doing the podcast and every day and, and writing for two separate places. It's, it's about putting yourself out there, taking every opportunity you can. And, 
surround yourself with good people and people that are very good at what they do, it makes you look better too. So it's easy to, to kind of collaborate and, and ha so hopefully see us all rise together here and then go on to do great things, hopefully in the future. Awesome. That's great. Brian. So I got to throw a question at you that we kind of threw to ourselves on our first episode. What, yes. what is your origin story as far as becoming a bears fan? Yes. Well, so I am a, a young man of 22 years of age, um, approaching my 23rd birthday, I should say. But when I was probably about 10 years old, the Chicago Bears drafted a cornerback out of the University of Miami that really uh, caught my attention with uh, the first few kickoffs and punts he returned in that 2006 season. And uh, it was it was a pretty easy sell for me. You know, I, I, I was born in the state of Illinois, but I've spent most of my life in Wisconsin. My dad is a Packers fan, but my mom's a Bears fan. I've got family on both sides of the spectrum. So I, I will admit, I mean, before I'm old enough to dress myself, I had a Brett Favre jersey and you know, I've, I've I, in my younger days, before I really knew what football was, I, I cheered for the Green Bay Packers. But once I was old enough to kind of figure out how the sport actually worked and what these teams were doing, that's that's when I saw this Devin Hester kid really taking the NFL by storm, and it was it was easy to fall in love. My dad's a Packer fan, too. I struggle with that every day. He just called <laughs> me tonight to rub in the AMO signing. So, um, well, I really appreciate your time, man. That's, this was a great interview. Um, you're, you're our first, Lauren. Yeah, the first one on. Wow, I, I, I'm honored, and I, I'm happy to take your interview virginity, guys. Yes. I appreciate you guys going gentle on me. <laughs> thank, you for yeah. thank you for taking the time out with us, bunch of idiots. We're, we're just trying to have a good time and promote our team, and well, we love it. Mission accomplished on the having a good time part, and I'll be happy to come back anytime you want me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank, thank you very you, much, Lauren. All right, you guys Thanks have a good so night. All right, that was awesome. Uh, Lauren Cox was great. Hope you enjoyed that. So now we're going to get you back to the regularly scheduled program uh, where we continue to talk about just everything going on during the day and the Le'Veon Bell news breaks live while we're talking on the show. So let's get back to it. The Tailgate Show. All right, breaking so better news. Have... Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, former Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell plans to sign with the New York Jets. A league source tells ESPN. Well, and that's, from, that's from that's from Adam Schefter. Podcast. <laughs> no. Nah, I told you. Well, they. I'm sure that the Jets made Moment him the best silence. offer. No. Next question. Has this burned a bridge with Jordan Howard? No. I'm, I would be a hard pressed to have to listen to this every year as a yeah, player. But he's, he's used to it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Number one, he's used to it. Number two. Well, Bennett interviewed him about that. He seemed pretty humble about it. He's like, okay. I'm just going to play the role. On and, and any team, he understands that any team that any team has to kick the tires on Le'Veon Bell. I mean, really, unless you're, you know, a team that already has an Ezekiel Elliott, a Todd Gurley, uh, you know, one of these top two, three, five backs, you have to entertain the idea of Le'Veon Bell. I don't think, I don't think Jordan Howard's going to care. And at the end of the day, if he's on the bears next year, he's in a contract. So he's playing for, that's a good spot for us. I mean, if he, you know, uh, you know, he's, He's going to be playing his hardest to try to get another contract. I mean, because, you know, he's coming off a quote unquote down year um, and, you know, a year where he's not exactly like, you know, stacking up a, a great amount of pub or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, whatever. Good for the Jets, I guess. I, I, I low key blame Anthony Barr for backing out of that deal which which gave the jets more money to probably throw at Le'Veon bell right <clears throat> but yeah uh still is tevin coleman still available or is that the guy that you still think is an option i i uh, don't does, that, does dow deserve bell does dow deserve bell that pisses me off oh, God. <laughs> you yeah. know wow I mean, shit, that, you know, I, I'll tell you what, the screen game, I mean, that was one thing that, that uh, Dowell and Gase could do was was the screen passes. Le'Veon could be, uh, you know. Well, he'll be good for a young quarterback, though, definitely. Oh, yeah, hopefully he's really good with his eyes and chasing tacos. What a weirdo. Really into the X up there, so good luck. Yeah, I'm tripping with that, yeah. Right. How about that, man? It just broke. That, yeah, I gotta, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little bummed. I can tell. It looks like somebody shot your dog. Oh, I just you know. I mean, that's like that's like. I didn't think it. If it I thought it was a long shot anyway. I mean, who knows how involved the Bears really ever were? I mean, you know. I, it, Ian hasn't said anything on it yet, though. Right. Who said it? Who put Schefter. it out there? Schefter. Well, if Schefter said it, then it's done. Yeah, it's done. That dude's. If Schefter leads with it, it's finished. If Rappaport leads with it and Schefter doesn't say anything, then you ask questions. Schefter's, Schefter's infallible as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Schefter won't report it unless the player, too, sometimes yeah. wants it reported. So he probably has been sitting on this for a minute. Yeah. So anyway. I'm, back just, to I'm salty with him for leaving NFL Network how about, to go to ESPN. How about this? So. Now the Jets have just kicked the Giants right out of town because the Giants traded Odell Beckham to the Browns. And now the Browns are looking like, man, the Browns are looking serious. But they picked yeah. up a first, first rounder for him, right? At a first rounder, they got Jabril Peppers and they got like a third rounder. So they have two, two pretty, are they high? It was it a good first but round. They're, pick? Paying, they're paying 20. I know. I think it's, in the middle of the first round? 17, I think. Okay, yeah. so they got two picks in the top 17, and you got Saquon Barkley. Like, 
I don't know. Like Saquon's <laughs> a beast, man. As 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 a as a reformed giant fan, I I, I would be absolutely pissed about this move. I mean, if if I'm the Giants, you 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 get Eli Manning out of town, and you draft a quarterback, and you put him with Odell Beckham, and Saquon Barkley, and you see what you get out of that. I you mean, see what they they could combine those two picks and move up in the draft too. I I was just going to ask you that question. Do you think that's a move that the Bears look to try to move up if from, if, from yeah. the third round? Do you think that's something that we do? Is there is it a possibility? Well, maybe, maybe that's a that's a place where I could see them moving Howard. So they trade Howard and their third rounder and, and get draft back. Henderson. Yeah, maybe yes. Draft <laughs> draft Harry and the Hendersons and and uh, you know they move up. I mean maybe maybe you never know. I mean or maybe it falls the way they want it to fall and I don't know. I guess it really depends on their draft board and how they view that player. But I've heard that a lot of the running backs could be falling into the the lower rounds. I mean, you know, in general. Great for us. Everything broke so differently last year though, you know. Everything seemed to work and it's like everything fell into place, like the stars aligned. And yeah, then, like a lot of teams that just happens for, oh and sometimes, sometimes, you know, you make your own luck. I mean, so, you know, I, I think the bears, you know, maybe the bears are going to be a lucky team now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's one of the things I talked about on my, I, I think I mentioned it in a couple of shows, the last two shows, actually, it's, uh, you know, you got to capitalize on the opportunity in front of you. You know, last we had such the opportunity that I think we've said it before. I think if we get past the Eagles, who knows where we go? We definitely make it to the NFC Championship game. I th- I feel, and then you know that doesn't happen. Parky loses that one for us. Yeah, I mean, you feel <laughs> bad. You feel bad for guys like Amos that was here. You feel bad for guys like Jordan Howard that are, that's here now. You know, and all those guys that. Sweated to get to twelve and four, and then they're gone. Bezo's gone. You know, uh, whatever. Bezo is happy as a fucking clam because before this season, he everybody hate half the half the fan base hated him. And I mean, what a what an image rehab that guy had. And and don't get me wrong, I mean, he did it for himself, and 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 he earned you know the the rehab that he had, but. But it's great for him that he was able to go from basically like a pariah to a guy that got a good contract. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And he played his way into it. I mean, right. we can say what we want to. He, he played his way into it. Another guy going to the Jets. Yeah. I'm trying to find out about Mark Ingram right now. There's a, have you guys heard anything him. on him? No. Yeah, but I, do you, I'm think, not he, do you think he would be a better part of that three-headed monster backfield that you're talking no. about, Jared, than Howard? I'm with Jaron. I don't like Ingram. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. He Ingram fumbles, and he has a history of PEDs. So no, I'm not a fan. And all it takes is one test, and you're out. Well, he was already tested positive once. I'm sitting here so talking he was, about getting Bell, and you're worried about some one-time PED, dude. Hey, like one-time PED. What do you got? Eight games. But he, yeah. He's, he's yeah. A, I'm just saying, Bell. We're like, yeah, Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Le'Veon. Dude, 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 he's probably gonna fail. It's a totally different production level. Ingram, Ingram is like a is like a backup. 
Like, you know, he's not even a he's not even a full time starter. So right. you're saying uh, you're so really good players fail piss tests. It's good. If you're back up, you fail. Piss yes, tests, I do not mm-hmm. want you. Uh, see Julian Edelman. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean, did that guy? The, did his failed uh, test even come up? No. It's just oh, Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman. He's a hero, brah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, man. I mean, I think it, it's all relative. You know, you talked to Devin Coleman's come up. Devin's got a history of concussion problems and knee problems. He's had knee surgery. Uh, he's missed time. I mean, last year, I think, was his first full season playing, if I'm not mistaken. I think he played all 16. Um, every, the, everybody out there has warts. You know what I'm saying? Now, whose warts can you live with the most? 24. I'll take 24 for the win. It looks like we can afford a kicker now, so. <laughs> yeah, well. And what about that? They were talking about that on ESPN. What if they go? What if they sign a safety and a kicker with this money? Do you? What if we get Gostowski and Earl Thomas? <laughs> you know, Uh-oh. Earl Thomas has a injury history and is old. You know, you know uh, he probably wants three years. You know, forty million dollars. I mean, do, do they do that? Well, Hogan Johns brought it up on their podcast and said something to the effect of. They've tried this throw money at the problem with the kicker before, and it's failed. Mm-hmm. So they, it's almost like they're damned if they do. Because if they throw money at Guskowski, he signs, and he fails, it's just going to be more of the same, you know? Well, but he gonna, also missed kicks in the playoffs, too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think you're kind of stuck. I mean, pigeonholed, so to speak. Kind of like the Earl Thomas... I kind of I kind of like the idea of that just because of the you're bringing another player also Patterson, Patterson that has Super Bowl winning experience also off of a knee where he flipped off his teammates as a what about what about haha I mean aha uh-huh. 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 it's all about Eddie, the dance Alabama guy yeah you know would be very motivated to stick it to the Packers I like that like, mm, I don't know. I heard uh, I've heard Gibson from somebody or Gibson. Uh, he, he signed with the Texans. They signed with the Texans. Yep, the Jacksonville safety. He signed with the Texans. Uh, the Raiders signed the guy from the Rams. They're starting to they're starting to fall off. I mean, you have you know you've got some guys like Sandejo who who could be also uh, off of a knee. Yeah. Is it Trey Boston still? Trey out there? Boston's still out there. Uh, we'll, have to ask, we'll have to ask Warren when we have him on. Definitely. Yeah, but, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I just feel like Golden Tate. Golden Tate's out there. Yeah, Golden Tate is not signed. Wow. Yeah. They traded for Golden. Somebody traded for Golden Tate last year. Didn't I they? heard that. I yeah, heard he was traded. It, it, sorry, everybody. That was a little inside yeah. joke. <laughs> some of you know so, what we're talking so, so, about yeah somebody tried breaking news to us like what a good solid hour after it happened <laughs> it's all right it, it, it was happened. like it was like a week after it happened <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a week it was like oh Jake got treated you still exist and what <laughs> that's cool <laughs> hi friend how are you <laughs> i see you still have our number <laughs> that's nice oh and golden Tate got traded 
And I'll talk to you in six months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whatever. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, all I know is that uh, the, the Packers fans and the Lions fans are all geeked up about their whatever signings. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything more than I think we're not in a worse spot. I think we're in as equal a spot as we were this time last year. Maybe, well, obviously better because we have 52. We've got Roquan coming on into his second season with Danny. And, you know, Leonard Floyd's up for contract this year. Yeah, we didn't talk about them uh, re-signing your boy Broniker. Yeah, my boy, Benny. Man. I'm very happy for that guy. Very happy for that guy. Is Golden Gorder still working for the Bears? Aren't they dating? I hope that's Who? not like an inside job. No, Broniker's solid. He went, I'm messing around. No, he went to Harvard, crepe's sake. And he's, he went to Jer's... Uh, he, he's a, no, he didn't go to my high school. He didn't go to my high school. He, he went to a rival high school here. Very locally. Good kid. Good family. Smart kid, obviously. You don't go to Harvard and be stupid. I'm going to go on record as saying that he is going to end up being better than Shaheen. I think he's going to take the number two spot from Adam Shaheen. Do you remember when their website tried selling, like when we when we drafted him? Baby Gronk. So, yeah, like like a baby well, version. They did, with, they did it with Shaheen too. Yeah, well, I, well, they did it with a video, like it was he's gonna be the next Gronkowski because he played very college well, ball in Mass and everything. He very well still could be. He's a smart yeah. kid. He's adapted. He plays special teams well. Uh, I'm proud of that kid, man. It's it's always good to see a local kid do well. And uh, I couldn't say I can't say enough about the pride that he brings to this area. You know, it's blown up in my local Facebook area. It's like, oh, of course, of course, you know, I'm the first one to share it down here. But <laughs> it's like, hey, Ben's gonna what kind, sign. What kind of pride are we talking about? Like, well, I mean, just you know, guys <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> <Damn>. Oh, <Wow. laughs> yeah. so Jarrah's. Jer was waxing poetic. I was like ready to start. I'm, I'm playing. messing around. I was ready to start playing like chariots of fire. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and, and Jenny goes, goes someplace completely else. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Jer was just <laughs> Jerry is telling a story about how he pulled a child from a harvester combine. Dude, he comes out earlier and talking about spreading biscuits, bro. Like That's I say true. that. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that... <laughs> well, you got to run the full gamut. You can't just lump yourself. Oh, you can run half a gamut. <laughs> run half a gamut. Can you get a sticker to put on the back of your car when you do that shit? Like half a gamut? <laughs> yeah. 13.1, <laughs> yo. It's a gamut. But anyway, it's long, longer story, even shorter. <laughs> he, he's played well. You know, he's the one guy that seems to, the one tight end that seems to have a little bit of chemistry outside of Trey Burton. And I could see him, and he's durable. Like he's a guy that, when the play breaks down, like maybe you know, finds a hole in the zone and waves his arms, like, "Hey, throw it to me." Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, it's open. You know, like that's fun. Whereas the other tight ends just disappear. Exactly. Like, once their route's over, it's like, well, I'm gonna fall down now. Or they catch it and end up with a concussion or some shit, or right, right, or they spring. Uh, and I, I don't wish that on anybody, but still. 
I think those like when we were kids that had those porcelain figurines of the the uh, NFL players. Like they were kind of like expensive. They're like a hundred bucks yeah. a piece. These porcelain figurines, like you could never afford them, but they were cool to look at. Yeah, that's, that's Shaheen. Just glass. Just every time, just drop. You know, it just yeah, man, he's so soft. Like well, I'm, I'm, I'm over him, man. Not everybody can be your your boy Jesse James. I mean, whatever, you dude. <laughs> gushing about Jesse James. Jesse James. Jesse James. The outlaw. I, I, I just said he. <laughs> I just said he was solid, dude. I didn't I, like. You were like, "There's a tight end." I didn't even know there were Jesse James gifs, but Diddy was sending me Jesse James gifs. <laughs> Look at Let's Jesse. talk about pride. No, I didn't do all that. I just said he was a solid player. Now they're ripping on me. That's cool. See what the groin does this year, man. We'll see what the yeah, groin does. Oh, God, I'm just a groin. Is that they should name a they should name a trick play the groin. See how oh. that goes. The groin, the <laughs> or, groin game. Everybody just freezes and they don't move. And Santa's sleigh, and now they got the Grinch's groin. I'd love for him to stay healthy, though. I think the guy has. I think Burton has a lot of potential in this offense. So. Yeah, yeah, he better have some potential making eight million dollars a year. Yep. Like so, he. What do you think? Pretty, pretty good number three. I think it's been a I think it's been a wild couple of damn days, and it's not even over. This is just the legal tampering. Yeah. Thing. This you need to just call it free agency at this point, man. It's like fast and furious, huh? That's all it is. Is a bunch of bullshit that make you think, oh well, they can tamper. Oh well, they're they've been tampering for a long time now. It's, I mean, guys, guys sign within moments of the supposed tampering window. It's amazing. You know they're just sitting there waiting. It's like, oh, pen in hand. I got my pen. Ready? Three, two. Was like they they probably just develop like a code, you know, where they talk about these guys in code, like you know, (laughs) you're thinking about twenty seven, huh? Well, you know, twenty seven's looking for this. Right. (laughs) Like, look for white smoke out of the tower. Yeah. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell, I'm back in the green, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, you know. Oh, well, he's never really left the green, now has he? Yeah. <laughs> Here's what's going to be interesting with Le'Veon Bell, and, and, and then we can wrap it up. But I, I the, the, he sat out and cost himself about $14 million. So the question is, did he make it back? Because people were saying, you know, that contract details haven't come out yet, but people were saying, you know, that his, his mark, the market had depressed down to 11, 12 for him. So did he screw himself or maybe he didn't because he says, you know, a lot of the reason he sat out was because, you know, he just didn't want to risk an injury playing for basically one year, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what he got guarantee wise. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what he got as an average annual value uh, because, you know, these kind of things, they, you know, whether we like it or not, they become a model for what other players do. I mean, people are already talking about it. Is, does what Antonio Brown do? Is it something that other players could do? I mean, personally, I don't think so because he's, he's the best receiver in football. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you compare him to somebody was saying you compare him to the other receivers and he's got like over a hundred more catches over the last three or four seasons when you compare them to the other, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's not, it's not really even close. So I don't know if an an average middling player could do this, but maybe a Julio Jones or, you know, somebody like that. So it'd be interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, 
what happens. I mean, the NFL offseason just does not fucking quit. Well, it puts, puts us in a good spot, too, because we have other holes to fill. Uh, you know what I mean? We got guys we need to bring in, and I think it, it, you get one player for a lot of money or you get a, a couple of good players in, and, and you're able to plug more holes. So I, I think that I think long, I think it's just going to be better for us. Of course, you want Le'Veon Bell I was all excited about all day, but re, the realistic side of it, we're, we're going to be able to bring more guys in. Um you gotta, you gotta think like a guy like Earl Thomas would want to be part of this defense. You know what I mean? We got, like I said, that front seven. It's a, it's a nice place for a defensive back to be. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And I'd be all for that signing. And they're talking about the Houston too from the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Possibility. Not, yeah, that's been bantied about, as they say. That would be. I, but I, who knows? I mean, nobody knows what Pace is doing. I mean, uh, Josina Anderson does not have Ryan Pace's phone number. I can tell you that much because nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like he he moves in silence. Um, you know, which is another cool thing about this version of Hallis Hall is there's not all kinds of leaks. We may very well find out that uh, the Bears were not interested in Le'Veon Bell at all. This all could have been a smokescreen. Well, guys, I uh, think we've hit it all. Uh, that free agency is going to keep on going. And uh, another great episode of the Tailgate Show. Uh, definitely want to thank our guest, Lauren Cox. And, uh, guys, you have anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? What's up with the watch? Hey. Oh, good call, Jer. Uh, our friends over at City Watch Co., of course, were kind enough to uh, give us a watch to give away. And we had a little contest roll and some nice uh, entries. Um, so here's what we've decided to do. Uh, we did get some some good entries, uh, but we're going to go ahead and extend it uh, one more week um, to hopefully get a few more entries. And uh, maybe, maybe just maybe we can get a second watch um, uh, from our friends at City Watch Co. This is a really nice $129 value watch in our beautiful navy and orange colors of our favorite squad of footballers. Um, so cool opportunity. Um, just go on, follow City Watch Co. on Twitter and go on to iTunes and review and rate us and then send us that review to, to prove that you did it. And then you'll be in the drawing uh, and we will definitely announce our uh, winner next week um we do have some really cool stuff coming up we've got some some interviews lined up uh, that we know you're really going to enjoy and um you know we're just going to keep on rocking we got uh, an amazing off season kicked off um and our season has just started um coinciding and and man it's just it's just a lot of fun to 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 kick it with you guys and and to uh have you everybody out there that's been listening we're really appreciating uh everybody that's downloaded us all the support that we've gotten we got over 400 followers on twitter on our detailgate de- handle uh we're getting some great interaction on there um you know it's just fun this is what we're doing and and uh this is why we do it and we just do it for fun and um, we appreciate it. You know, we don't do it for the money. We do it for the honey. So uh, <laughs> I stole that. I stole that from my boy, Michael Rappaport. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all. We're, uh, Jerry, you got anything? No, nah, man. Just happy that we're doing it. The tailgate rolls on. The tailgate. The bears. The bears.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.